Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis solo here for the final hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern. We discussed the NFL draft in depth in the first hour. We'll shift it over to baseball here in the second hour. And, of course, on Monday we'll talk more NFL draft, recapping rounds 2 to 7 as the draft resumes tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, rounds 2 and 3. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Ronis, on the gram at Aaron88, and you can check the shows on demand. If you can't listen live or you can only hear a portion of the show live, you can always listen to the entire show on demand. It's usually uploaded in podcast form right after the live show ends. You can find all my work at ScoutFantasySports.com. Dr. Roto takes a look at the draft day winners and losers of day one. So that's up there now. There's also the Fantasy Rookie Primer. So if you're looking forward to some of the running backs, receivers that should be drafted, there's a lot more. I know we didn't see a ton of skill position players for fantasy in the first round. But don't forget, those offensive linemen are very important, as well as the defensive players, too, for whether you play in IDP leagues or team defenses. So... I know, obviously, we always focus on the quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, and tight ends. But don't forget, those offensive linemen are very important. I mean, just look at the job the Colts did last year in the draft and how that offensive line really turned around. And it was huge for Andrew Luck and the entire offense. So those players on the on the lines on both sides of the ball are very integral. And, you know, sometimes we don't talk about it enough in fantasy. But uh, lots of uh, football coverage up there. I also have my... Fantasy baseball stock watch, three players on the rise, three players falling. And just because a player's stock is down doesn't mean you cut them. You know, you also can buy that at a player low. So you can check the article out and read. And even if a guy's stock is up, maybe it's time to sell high. So you can read that article and ask your questions on the message boards and forums. And, you know, it is very important that you ask the questions on there and give the team context. You know, I was going through some questions today and – You might hear me say something on this show, but I'm generally speaking towards deeper formats. And that's the tough part is when we have people playing so many different leagues and formats. I know there's people that play in 10-team leagues. There's 12-team leagues. And I generally play in 15-team leagues, 15 teams, deep mixed leagues, you know, NFBC auction, uh, the NFBC online. That's a 12-team. I think that might be my... Only, I think I'm in two 12 team leagues. Everything else is 15. So, you know, I'm generally talking about the deeper format, and I also feel like a lot of our listeners are in that format. But I understand there's points leagues, there's head to head, and some of you might play in 10 or 12 team leagues. So it is very important that you specifically ask your questions on the message boards if you can't call into the show because you might hear me say something. Uh, I'll give an example about a guy like Ross Stripling. Like, oh, don't cut him right now. Keep him because he's going to stay in the rotation. But 
I got a question today that asked in a 12-team head-to-head points leagues where they said, would you rather would you drop Ross Stripling for Sonny Gray? And yeah, I would do that because look at the format. First of all, in a head-to-head points league, you're basically playing week to week. And Stripling does not help you in that format right now. He is going to the bullpen. Now, in a 15-team league where I have him, I'm holding on to him. He might not be in my lineup week to week depending on what the rest of my pitching staff looks like and whether I have injuries. But in a head-to-head points league right now, 12 teams, he's not helping you. You don't know when he's going to pitch in a given day. He could throw two innings one day, three innings a day later. He could throw four innings one day and not pitch for a few days. So he's not going to help you, whereas a guy like Sonny Gray in a 12-team league should not be sitting on the waiver wire right now. He had one bad outing to start the year opening day. He's been tremendous since. And I know the wins haven't been great because the Reds haven't been scoring, but I still think the offense will get better. So that's where it's important because you might hear me say, don't cut Stripling, and you'll be like, oh, I can't cut him. But in a 12-team league, in that format, yeah, you do it. So that's why it's really important that uh, if you guys have specific questions, to ask them on the message boards and forums and just try and give us as much context as possible. And you can go in-depth there and you know go longer than whatever characters are on Twitter. So that's why it's uh, pretty important there and a, a key piece of the mem- membership there. Uh, is to ask those questions. Of course, scoutdfs.com. Baseball guys have been on fire for that. Optimizer and Slack chat leading up to lineup block. And for all those excited about football now, especially as we start to see the players and their landing spots, I know you guys are going to get the itch to draft. Uh, Playffwc.com. We have dynasty orphan teams that you can take over. As Taz mentioned, there are some good teams in there. You're wondering, you're like, why would they get rid of them? We have dynasty startup drafts that you can sign up for now, and when they fill, they will take off. Uh, so there's different there's six-hour clocks, 12-hour clocks, different price points. And, of course, our Draft and Go Best Ball Draft, the first one kicks off Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. That's a 75-second clock, 28 rounds. There are other drafts with uh, six-hour clocks, four-hour clocks that once they fill, they will kick off. So you can head on over there, playffwc.com right now. Let's talk about some of the top baseball news. And today is a very exciting day in baseball. I know everyone's going to be tuned into the NFL draft, but I would tune over to MLB Network at 7 p.m. Eastern because we are going to see the debut of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Toronto hosts Oakland tonight, and it is finally here. We get to see Guerrero make his debut. This is one of the most highly anticipated prospects in a long time. And obviously, there's a huge pedigree there. His dad, Vladimir Guerrero, in the Hall of Fame. He was one of the most fun hitters to watch. Maybe some of you have never seen him, but that guy would swing at everything, and he would hit everything. There'd be pitches on the ground, and he'd find a way to make contact. And he was a fun player to watch. So great genes there for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And we knew that he was going to make his debut sometime in April. He was going in the third, fourth round of early drafts. And I did not take him in that spot. I kind of wanted to get him in one league. It's it's a very high price to pay for him. And he could easily live up to it. There's no doubt. But, you know, when I saw him and a guy like Anthony Rendon leaned more to Rendon, a guy that has done it, and has put up really good numbers over the last couple years with a high average as well. But Guerrero, no doubt, has mashed at every level he's been at. And it's time for him to get to the big leagues and make his debut uh, obviously, the oblique injury pushed him back, 
I said at the time, if you liked Vladimir Guerrero Jr., you shouldn't have pushed him down the draft boards that much. You know, okay, he's making his debut here, April 26th. So he missed, what, about three weeks? Not really that big a deal. You know, take a couple of homers RBIs off, but I think we all generally thought he'd be up at best mid-April for the service time. So the oblique pushed him back a little bit. He was down at AAA for seven games. He batted 360, a 429 OVP, a 640 slugging with two homers and seven RBIs. And, you know, pretty much everyone says he's a, a can't miss. I mean, uh, good power, will hit for average, and will hit in the middle of the lineup. So uh, I know there's been some questions about his weight and defensively, but uh, this guy can mash. I mean, look what he did last year between AA and AAA. He had a slash line of 381, 437, 637, 47 extra base hits, 20 of which were home runs. And 37 strikeouts, 36 walks in 91 games. So uh, he got the highest grade for an overall prospect from Baseball America. Uh, and uh, just pretty much everyone thinks he's a can't miss. So it's going to be a lot of fun uh, seeing him make his debut tonight. Very excited for that. And I don't even have him on many of my fantasy teams. And I think even people who that don't have him have got to be excited to see him because uh, we know he can mash. So if you have him, get him in your lineups. If you were in a weekly league and you weren't in the NFPC style where you can change your lineup on Friday, you could just get him in there on Monday. But definitely looking forward to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. making his debut tonight. Uh, again, the minor league numbers for his career, at 331, 413 OBP, and a 531 slugging percentage. So definitely looking forward to seeing him tonight. Uh, there is another prospect getting the call up tonight as well. That's Carter Kiboom from the Washington Nationals. He is going to get the call uh, as he'll make his debut tonight. And you got to think he's going to play every day until Trey Turner returns. Now, he's 21 years old. The defense is a question mark, especially at shortstop. But he was tearing it up at the minor league level. He had a slash line of 379, 506, 636. Three homers, 18 RBIs, one steal, 14 run scores in 18 games this year. And he's going to be a hot pickup this weekend. Now, long term, I guess you start to wonder, okay, will he get the playing time? But as we've seen with a lot of these prospects, if you come up and you hit, they'll find a way to stick you in the lineup. Trey Turner obviously will go to short, but Brian Dozier has struggled. He has picked it up a little bit lately. Um, but if you need some help with Key Boom, uh, you're going to have to pick him up, and you're going to have to spend this weekend, uh, especially in the high-stakes leagues. I think people are going to spend. If you have a league where it's first come, first serve, you can get them now. Uh, you know, don't drop anyone that's significant. You know, maybe in some 12-team leagues, you might not have uh, an option to drop. But uh, we saw last year Juan Soto come up, and they played him. So I think, uh, you know, he's a guy that has a little speed, too. So... He'll be a hot pickup this weekend. Uh, he'll get in the lineup tonight. So we'll have a couple days to see him before most fabs run on Sunday. He's shown more patience at the plate this year. Uh, his walk rate is uh, already up from uh, to 19.3% this year. He's got above average power and definitely can help in uh, the batting average department as well. So uh, he's still... Got to work on the defense, but uh, I think as long as he hits, he's going to be up there. So he's another guy that people are going to look to uh, pick up this weekend. He should be one of the hottest waiver wire pickups over the weekend as well. Uh, I would think since he's getting the call today, he should be in the NFBC player pool this weekend. 
Not good news here on Bo Bichette, uh, another top prospect for the Blue Jays and the son of a former major leaguer. He's going to be out four to six weeks. He's got a fracture in his left hand. He was hit by a pitch Monday at AAA Buffalo. So the good thing is no surgery. Uh, he wasn't off to a great start. So that's going to push him back because I did start to see people kind of pick up Bo Bichette over the last week or two, hoping to stash him. Uh, but that is not going to happen now. Uh, also, another prospect, uh, Heliot Ramos from the Giants, the outfielder. Uh, he's been placed on the injured list. He's at high A San Jose. He's got a knee injury, so he hurt it on a swing earlier this week. So they don't know the severity of it. And uh, he was off to a really good start uh, with five homers, five doubles, 11 RBIs, two steals, and 12 runs scored in 19 games. So obviously he will uh, miss some time there. Uh, the White Sox activated Eloy Jimenez from the bereavement list. He was... Uh, in the Dominican Republic this week following the death of his grandmother. So he missed a three-game series against the Orioles, but he'll be back in there tonight. He's off to a little bit of a slow start as well. His slash line's 231, 286, 372, three homers, 80 RBIs through 20 games. And someone had asked on the Scout Fantasy message board to drop him. I'm like, no. I mean, like, I don't understand that. You draft this guy in the ninth, 10th round. You know he's a young rookie that is going to have a little bit of an adjustment period. Most rookies do. I mean, we saw Soto come up last year and Acuna. But you got to remember, not everyone is going to excel like that right away. The thing with him and is, is you knew he was going to play every day. You didn't have to worry about service time because they signed him to a contract. So you have to have patience with these players. So especially in a keeper league, but even in a redraft league. You know, why would you just get rid of him after three weeks? And it was for Alex Gordon. And I know Alex Gordon's off to a good start, and he's hitting third, and they have some good players in front of him with Whit Merrifield and Adalberto Mondesi. So it puts Gordon in a spot where he can produce, but, you know, Jimenez has tremendous upside, and you're just going to have to be patient. Now, the White Sox did cut Irvin Santana. I can't imagine many of you have Irvin Santana on your fantasy team. Maybe in an AL only, but I want to know part of him. And he was terrible. I mean, 13 and a third innings, five strikeouts, six walks. So not surprised by this. And uh, somehow you did have him in your mixed league. Uh, you could definitely cut him. Uh, Roman Quinn was officially placed on the injured list. He's got a groin injury. He's going to be out at least several weeks. So uh, with a right groin strain, so not good there. And by that time, Odebel Herrera, should be back. So for now, Aaron Altair will probably play in center field. Uh, so Quinn can be dropped. Uh, looked like he had a window of opportunity there. But one of the problems for him throughout his career is the inability to stay healthy. Justice Sheffield was called up from AAA for the Mariners. Now, the plan is they're going to go with these short stints from Yusei Kikuchi, where once in a while to watch his innings, they're going to have him go an inning or two to open the game. And one of those games will be tonight against the Rangers. And then they plan on having Justice Sheffield coming in in long relief. So we'll see what they do long term. Uh, this there might not be this might be an appearance. They might send them down, obviously, to bring another arm up for the pen over the next few days. So just not sure here what the Mariners are gonna do. We should know more a little bit after tonight's game. But uh Sheffield will be in there. Uh, replacing Kikuchi probably go, you know, depending on how he performs. But this is a guy that could potentially go three to five innings tonight. Uh, we do have good news here on Anthony Rendon. He is back in the starting lineup tonight for the Nationals. So he has been out all week. He got hit on the left elbow by a pitch on Saturday. And he missed that series at Coors Field. I'm sure a lot of people 
had him in the lineup because you weren't sure what his status was on Monday, but you didn't want to miss those games at Coors Field. Unfortunately, you did. But Rendon's off to a tremendous start this year. He's got a slash line of 371, 451, 771 with six homers and 18 RBIs in 19 games. So uh, he's just been crushing the ball this year. Not surprised. He's a guy that finally got a little respect in fantasy. He was going in the third, fourth round of a lot of competitive leagues. Maybe in some other leagues he fell further. I did see him in a, a, maybe a 12-team league go like the fifth round. That's an absolute steal for him uh, because this guy has been one of the better hitters in baseball. Just someone that doesn't put up any outstanding number except maybe the average category. He's been over 300 the last two years, but very solid across the board. And sometimes those players tend to go a little bit undervalued. More baseball talk, looking at some of the top performances and fantasy pickups. That's ahead right here. It is Scout Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Rain dance! Make it rain. What they could have gotten prior to the draft, now that you've already let the cat out of the bag and you've got Kyla Murray. It's the one thing I hated about this thing the whole time was the indecision about Josh Rosen. But you and I both know it's the Cardinals here, Dane. And you know what? Josh Rosen and Kyla Murray could go to OTAs together on the same roster. That's how ridiculous this franchise is. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day. 10 an hour. One person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621. 866-484-9621. That's 866-484-9621. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. You can catch on my work, scoutfantasysports.com. The NFL Draft Day 1 winners and losers. You can find that article from Dr. Otto. That is up right now. My Fantasy Baseball Stock Watch looking at some players on the rise and falling and what to do with them. Some of them may be players you should sell. Others with their stock down you should buy and others... You might be concerned about it, might want to move on. So you can check that out all right now. Uh, of course, we'll have the Wave of Wire article from Sean Schaub coming up over the weekend. My two-start pitcher 
uh, article will be up sometime tomorrow, working on that now as we speak. And, of course, you can ask your questions on the message boards and forums as well as scoutdfs.com. And I know a lot of you, especially with the NFL draft, are itching to get in the draft. So here's your opportunity, playffwc.com. We got new dynasty startup drafts. You can take over an orphan, dynasty orphan team. Uh, some of them are really good. Uh, there's a icon where you can click on there to see them. And, of course, uh, we got best ball drafts, uh, slow drafts that will begin as soon as they fill, four-hour clock, six-hour clock, different price points, and then a live draft Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Still some spots left, so you can get in that. We'll be talking about a lot of those drafts. So your team might get, you, might get mentioned on air, so make sure you check that out. We'll have some lineups for the day in baseball coming up in the final segment. But I uh, now want to look at some of the top uh, storylines from yesterday. And, you know, I brought up Ross Stripling's name earlier. He obviously made his last start yesterday for the Dodgers for now. Because you got to keep in mind that this is a, a situation where you're going to see a lot of change uh, with this rotation. We know that many of these guys cannot stay healthy for the long term. Rich Hill has never been a model of health, and I don't believe – He's on the mound until we actually see him on Sunday. And even then, it could be a blister. It could be something. So, uh, you know, Kenta Maeda has not pitched well, but I have confidence in him. I was actually looking at his profile yesterday. His hard hit rate is only at 22%. So he's been hurt by home runs and walks. And he kind of did this last year, too, and then went through a real hot streak. So I think Maeda's got to be patient on. But I wouldn't be surprised if at some point they do move him to the bullpen for a period to preserve the innings. So there's a lot of moving parts there in that Dodger rotation. Obviously, Julio Urias is a dynamic arm, but they're watching his innings. But Stripling yesterday, I mean, they pulled this guy with two outs in the fifth inning. And I didn't see any reason why his pitch count wasn't high. Now, it worked because they won the game, but four and two-thirds innings, he didn't allow a earned run, and they pulled him. Now, he's been really good this year. He's made six starts, uh, 34 innings. He's got a 2.65 ERA and a whip of 1.09. The strikeout rate is slightly down from last year. It was at 27%, 23.5% this year, and the walk rate was up uh, from 4.4% to 7.4%. So still not a bad number. I mean, 4.4% 4, 4 really excellent what we saw him last year. He's not allowing a lot of hard contact, and he's increased his ground ball rate, too, over 7%. He got over that 50% mark, so... Not allowing a lot of fly balls. The velocity is slightly down on his fastball, but he doesn't throw it much. You know, he throws four pitches, the slide of the curve, and the change. So, good mix there. So, in deeper formats, you got to hold him. Now, I brought up the scenario earlier where it was a 12-team league, and someone asked me about dropping him for Sonny Gray. Yeah, that makes sense. In a 15-team league, I'm going to hold on. And I do have him in a 15-team league, and I'm not dropping him. And there might be some weeks where maybe I put him in the lineup if I have some injuries at pitcher, or maybe I have one pitcher going to course field and I don't want to use him. Uh, but there's still some value there for sure. Uh, John Lester on the other side pitched a good game yesterday. Five innings, one earned run, five strikeouts. He's got a 2.37 ERA, but I, I don't see this lasting at all. I mean, this is a guy that I would move on now. If you can find someone to take John Lester off your hands, uh, I certainly would. Uh, at this point. Uh, and again, I don't, in a, in a real knowledgeable league, it's probably going to be difficult to do, but I'm sure some of you play in some leagues where you might have some weak opponents where someone will look at the surface number and look at that ERA and go, wow, it's John Lester. He's great. 
people think the Cubs are good. I don't. I don't think this is a good team offensively. Uh, you know, the num the strikeouts ha- are up for Lester, but man, you know, the home run rate is up. Uh, the strand rate's ninety five point seven percent. That's not going to last. So I think Lester's been pretty fortunate so far. He's just not the same pitcher he was. Now, again, the strikeout rate is up about five percent from last year. Part of that is we're seeing a lot of guys strike out a lot. But man, that hard hit rate is at fifty one percent. I mean, it, if that continues with his, you know, mediocre stuff, I know people are going to say he's that sly veteran and can get it done, but I don't see it. Uh, he's a guy I'm, I'm looking to move him on right now. We've seen the swing strike rate uh, go below double digits the second year in a row, so definitely think there's some concern there for Lester despite the great outing yesterday. The other thing that we're keeping in mind here is the Angels' closer situation, and, man, I watched last night. Cody Allen is, is just, he's terrible right now. He cannot find the strikes out. It was painful watching him yesterday. They brought him into, I think it was 11-4 at the time. So this was an inning for him to get work, to rebuild that confidence, to get him going. Because we've already seen that they, they said that they're uh, not going to uh, you know put him in any high leverage situation. And he's not the closer for now. So we already knew that. And they brought him in last night, and it was ugly. Uh, walked a couple guys, gave up a hit. Um, now, an inherited runner scored, so the final line wasn't that bad. But I just don't see how they go back to him in any high-leverage situation anytime soon. He just could not find the strike zone at all. And it's been a terrible season for him so far this year. And... We don't really know who the closer is. That's the one thing here with the Angels. Uh, We did see Buttrey come into the game in the seventh inning the other night with the bases loaded and wound up pitching two and two-thirds innings. Uh, But last night, Cody Allen walked three, a lot of hit, struck out two over two-thirds of an inning, 25 pitches, only 11 for strikes. So Hansel Robles came in with the bases loaded and got out of it. So... It could be Robles. You know, they used him the other night in the top of the ninth in a 2-2 game. You know, Butchery obviously got four saves last year, and his numbers are good. But Robles has pitched good this year, too. I know Mets fans are like, what? Because, you know, he was very inconsistent as a Met. So both those guys are worth picking up at this point. And if they're not owned, they'll be hot waiver wire pickups over the weekend. Of course, we have uh, three days to see what happens, and maybe we get more clarity. But definitely... Both guys should be owned right now in a first-come, first-served league. And it's just ugly for Cody Allen. And unfortunately, I do have him in one league. It's the great fantasy baseball invitational. I hated the pick when I made it. But this was February. He did have the job, and they signed him. But I'm not surprised. We saw the signs last year, late in the year, when he started to crater. And it's not looking good for him right now. So that's a situation where you need to be adding the two other guys uh, with Robles and Buttry. Uh, with an opportunity for maybe one of them to to get the job. Uh, We do have uh, Gene Segura likely returning and coming off the injured list tomorrow. So if you play in the NFBC style where you can change your lineup over the next three days, uh, you probably want to get Segura back in there. And I am in that format where I do have Segura. I'm going to get him in there. Yeah, he'll sit tonight, but he should be back for tomorrow and hopefully Sunday. So uh, good news there. Uh, you know, we talked about Aaron Nola yesterday as someone to use in cash games because we expected him to be highly owned, and he was cheap compared to some of the other pitchers in a great matchup against the Marlins. Now, the final line wasn't bad, but it's not what you wanted to see from Nola. It's just 
you know, six and two thirds, one earned run. That's great. But four Ks. Um, there was a lot of hard hit balls in this game. I, I don't know what's happened to Nola here. Now, the home runs have been a major factor, and there's definitely been some poor luck on his side as well. He's got a 345 uh, batting average on balls in play, a 1.99 homers per nine inning. But he just hasn't been dominant. You know, there's, you know, seeing him a couple starts, he's been very hittable. Uh, so, you know, you always worry about health issues with him. That was one of the concerns about him in the past. Uh, going into, you know, 2016, 2017. Now, we saw 168 innings in 2017, 212 in the third innings last year. So you did see a, a pretty big innings jump. But I think people were counting on him to be an ace this year. And I liked him, too. I didn't get him in any leagues because the price was so high. But we've seen the strikeout rate drop from 27% to 22.7%. The walk rate has increased from 7% to 9.2%. And hitters are batting 294 against them. Last year it was 195. So 1.58 whip, just, you know, it's a lot of hard contact against them. So there's definitely still some concerns here. Again, the line wasn't that bad yesterday. Um, the hard hit rate for the year is not that bad. It's 29.8%. So that's, you know, pretty good. So I do think he'll get better. I just wanted to see a more dominant effort against the Marlins last night. I think if you own him, you'll you be patient. Um, the other thing that stands out is the lack of first pitch strikes, 53.2%. He was at 69.4% last year. So he's just not finding the strike zone. The swing swinging strike percentage is down from 12.4% to 8.1%. So there's a lot of things here that are bothersome. But the velocity hasn't really changed much. So it could just be a period where he's really struggling to find the strike zone right now. Again, it wasn't a terrible start yesterday, but I think you wanted to see a little bit better. On the other side, though, Caleb Smith looked really good. This guy's a good pitcher. And I've mentioned this with the Marlins. They have some intriguing pitchers for fantasy. The problem is you're just not going to get many wins. You know, Caleb Smith actually does have two wins so far. Uh, he's pitched 29 innings. He's got a 2.17 ERA. He's only allowed 17 hits in 29 innings. He has a 33.9% strikeout rate. And the one thing from him last year was the walk rate was high at 10.1%. It's 6.4% this year. So he's done a really nice job, and he's a good pitcher. Uh, they're going to watch his innings, obviously. And with the Marlins, you know, many wins are not going to be there. And I think you could look at a lot of pitchers and determine whether they're in a team context where they can get wins. And just because you are in a good team doesn't mean you will. And we don't see pitchers go deep into games. But I don't think you want to have two Marlins starting pitchers on your team. Then you're really going to fall behind in wins. But Caleb Smith's good. Pablo Lopez is good. Trevor Williams. So they got some good arms on this team. And they can help your fantasy team. Just don't know if you want to have multiple options from this team because they're just not going to win many games. Now, also in this Philly game, we saw Hector Neris come in. And he took the loss in this one as he gave up a two-run homer to Starlin Castro. Now, I thought he was the guy based on the way he has pitched and the way they have utilized him as the guy to close. And uh, I mentioned, you know, a couple weeks ago, I picked him up for cheap in leagues. So I'm go for like two, 250 in NFBC leagues over the weekend. Now, I don't know how Gabe Kapler is going to react to this because he didn't blow a save and they asked him to go a second inning of work. 
So he went one and two-thirds innings, four hits, two runs, no walks, two Ks, and gave up the home run. Still has a 3.18 ERA on the season. Sir Anthony Dominguez has not been great. He's been better lately. He pitched the eighth inning in this one. He did allow a hit, no walk, and a strikeout, 23 pitches he needed in that one. So he could be the next guy in line. Obviously, David Robertson is still on the injured list. So I don't know. I mean, obviously, tonight, I don't I don't know if they go back to Neris since he threw 29 pitches, if they're in line for a save. Uh, but I'd still be holding on to Neris. But who knows with this situation there in Philadelphia and Gabe Kapler. We've seen several different guys get the opportunity. I thought Neris was in a good spot, but we'll see how he gets penalized for uh, taking the loss last night. But just hold on to him for now. Mentioned about Nicholas Castellanos yesterday, how he hasn't hit a home run yet. And he finally did yesterday. It was right down the right field line just inside that pesky hole. So it wasn't a... Uh, a blast, but it counts. And Castellanos is way better than he has shown so far. And uh, I've been fortunate because I have him in the great fantasy baseball invitational. I've gotten nothing from him, nothing from Jose Peraza, and somehow still holding on to first place, even with a lot of injuries, too. Uh, I've lost Mike Clevenger in that league, Aaron Judge, Aaron Hicks. I've been actually holding on to Jesus Lizardo. So uh, even with all the injuries, he's been fortunate. I don't know how it's getting done, but that's why you can never give up because so many other teams have injuries too. Uh, and I've always said that repeatedly. But Castellanos, I, I expect him to get going. Uh, he's up to 259 now on the year, a homer, seven RBIs. Uh, he is striking out a little bit more compared to last year, so that number is up. Uh, and the hard hit rate is slightly down, but it's always been high readings in Detroit, but he's still over 40%. So And he's hitting more fly balls, 44.3% uh, fly ball rate. So that's a really good sign because he's been under 40% the last two years and still hit you know, in the mid-20s. Uh, so this could be the beginning of a hot streak for Castellano. So hopefully you did not give up on him. Michael Chavis, uh, one for four, two RBIs in his second home run yesterday. He's got two homers in the last three games. He's got to be picked up in leagues by now. You look at that second base situation for Boston, sure. If Dustin Pedroia is healthy, they'll give him a shot. But does anyone believe that Pedroia is going to stay healthy for any length of time? I mean, he's a fun player. We like him, unless you're a Red Sox hater. But we've seen this before. He just can't stay healthy. Eduardo Nunez is on the injured list. Not like he brings much to the table either. Now, Shavis' defense is going to be a concern, but they might have to sacrifice that for his bat right now. I think he's going to stick uh, for... For a good portion this year. Maybe Pedroia comes back and they say, all right, we'll give him another shot. We'll send Chavis down uh, to make sure he gets it bat. You know what's going to happen. Pedroia's going to get hurt again, and you'll see him right back up there. So I think in a lot of competitive leagues, I uh, saw in a lot of NFBC leagues, he was picked up over the weekend. But he could be sin still sitting out there in a lot of leagues, and uh, he's getting the opportunity to play now. So I think he's definitely someone that you got to go out there and pick up. Uh, so, you know, he's got 18 at-bats so far, only 222, but three of his four hits have gone for extra bases, two home runs, and, uh, you know, his first career home run was 441 feet. So he's got some pop. He hits five balls, and obviously at home in Fenway uh, with that green monster there, even hit at the bottom of the lineup. Uh, I know they got Brock Holt on a rehab assignment too, but again, any young player that comes up gets the opportunity to play, and if they excel, they're going to stick in the lineup. Luis Castillo, another good start yesterday. Now, he didn't get the strikeouts you wanted. Only two strikeouts over six scoreless innings, though. 
and he's got a 1.23 ERA. Now, is he going to keep this up? No. Is he someone that I'm going to sell? No. Unless I'm overwhelmed in a trade. And I got Luis Castillo in a couple of leagues. One is a trading league. The other isn't. But I'm not surprised by this. Uh, I thought the second half last year was really good. And he's managed to finally put it together. He was drafted highly last year and disappointed in the first half. Now, some of the numbers are showing that, yeah, he's not going to keep up with 241 Babbitt. He's not going to have a 90.2% strand rate. And he's limited the home runs. One home run in 36 and two-thirds innings, pitching half his games in Cincinnati and in this era of the ball's flying out. I mean, that's tremendous. And his walk rate is actually is up from last year, too. But that's a good sign that he's been able to get away with it so far. It's 9.7%, but way more strikeouts. So, yeah, Castillo's going to have some rough starts, no doubt about it. But he's cut down on the hard contact, a lot of ground balls. He's a guy I would only trade if I was overwhelmed in a deal. Remember, every player has a price. But you don't look to shop him unless someone is going to give up a ton. And they might. People need pitching. There's not a lot of good pitchers out there. You might be able to get a haul for Luis Castillo. Always explore it, but you don't have to make the deal. When we return, we'll take a look at some of the lineups that are in for tonight's slate here on Scout Fantasy Sports. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Lose weight now. Go to Fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at Fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to Fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to Fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to Fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's Fat100.com. Are you single? Everyone single is looking for the best date possible. Well, I found one website that can find you the best date, and it's called TheBestDate100.com. Just go there and log in for your free trial and see if you can find your new and maybe last best date. Remember, you can find the best date of your life at TheBestDate100.com. That's TheBestDate100.com. One more time, TheBestDate100.com. Game time decisions. You, you must be good at this, though, Cam. Honestly, that like when you're looking for value in the meat section, or you're buying, you, you know, you're looking at the weight. Like, can you measure in your head? All right, I'll pay this much per gram or per key. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure you're pretty good at figuring that out. I am at the grocery store with 4.99 a pound or a kilogram and all the things that I have in my head. Yeah, that's parking shopping with Cam. Weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You're listening to Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Friday afternoon. We're getting closer to fantasy football drafts. You can head on over now. May Madness right around the corner. That's when you can put your deposit down for the Fantasy Football World Championships. And we got a ton of drafts upcoming. If you haven't been to Vegas for the Fantasy Football World Championships, you got to be out there. 
it's a lot of fun. I'm not just saying that because I'm part of the company, but I've gone out there the last two years. It's so much fun. You get to interact with so many people that listen to the shows and subscribers, and it's a lot of fun out there. It's you know, you're in Vegas, you're drafting, you're drinking, uh, nice partying going on. It's really a good time. We get together, we watch the opening Thursday night football game. We watch games on Sunday. It's a lot of fun. So if you never got the experience to uh, do it, you know, make plans to do it now. It's the first weekend of the football season. Uh, you can head on over to playffwc.com. We have dynasty startup drafts. You can take over an offering team. And we got best ball drafts kicking off. We got a slow draft. Uh, as soon as those fill, they'll begin. And we got a live draft Tuesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, 75 second clock, 28 rounds. Uh, you could also go to scoutfantasysports.com. Dr. Otto has the winners and losers from day one of the draft. I have my stock watch. We'll have the, the stock watch, obviously, for fantasy baseball. Sean Childs will have his waiver wire pickups, and I'll have my two-star pitchers as we get you set for the following week in fantasy baseball. The results of the first round of the 2019 NFL draft are in, and for NFL betters and serious fantasy football players, the season starts now. Start preparing for the 2019 season, and Roto Experts has you covered with your NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, including the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts will be live blogging with each pick this evening, giving you all the information you need on how each pick affects the fantasy football landscape and NFL futures. And that's not all. They provide dynasty, season-long, betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with promo code FNTSY. It's the 2019 NFL Draft tonight and the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at rotoexperts.com. So, again, big night for baseball as we get the debut of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And you could uh, watch that game on MLB Network. Uh, they will have that on at 7 p.m. Eastern, Toronto hosting uh, Oakland uh, as well. And uh, also, Angie Ricono of KCTV5 reports the criminal case against Tyreek Hill and his fiance Crystal Espinal for alleged child abuse has been re- reopened following the release of the new audio Thursday. So, the police had been investigating, and uh, there were no charges filed, but now it's reopened. So uh, not good for Tyreek Hill, and uh, more importantly, just feel bad for the kid. This should never go on. It's just a horrible story, and we hate to see it. So uh, definitely uh, brutal. So let's take a look at some of the lineups for tonight. No day baseball today, so a very busy evening slate, and we do have some lineups out. Uh, The Padres, they're in Washington to take on the Nationals. Matt Strom against Max Scherzer. Keep an eye on Scherzer in this game. He wasn't great last time out. Uh, He had tweaked, I think, an intercontinental muscle uh, going for a foul ball in a game recently. So keep an eye on him tonight. For the Padres, Fernando Tatis Jr. leading off at shortstop. He's had a really good year. Some pops, some speed. Will Myers in left field batting second. Manny Machado's at third base hitting third. Fran Mill Reyes in right field hitting cleanup. Eric Hosmer at first base hitting fifth. Ian Kinsler is at second base batting sixth. Austin Hedges is the catcher batting seventh. Manuel Margot in center field hitting eighth. And Matt Strom on the mound hitting ninth. So Hunter Renfro not in the lineup tonight. For the Nationals, Adam Eaton leading off in right field. 
Victor Robles in center field hitting second. So he's moved up in the order recently, and uh, he hit well the other day. So that's really good news if you're a Robles owner. And I said this, too. You got to remember, we do a lot of focus on the batting order before the year. But remember, it's fluid. It can change. So it should be a tiebreaker, but you shouldn't put too much emphasis on it. Uh, especially for a guy like Robles. You figured if he hits, he'd move up. So he began the year hitting ninth. Now, we'll see what happens when Trey Turner comes back. But if Robles really excels, uh, maybe they keep him there. So it's another example of why you just can't overreact to the batting order before the season because it can change. And so far it has with Robles. And as long as he hits... Uh, he could stick up there. And remember, Adam Eaton has not been a guy that's been able to stay healthy. He is so far, but uh, so many injuries in baseball. And I think if you're going to put odds on it, you'd probably say Eaton's going to spend a stint on the injured list. Anthony Rendon back in the lineup today. He's at third base hitting third. Juan Soto in left field hitting cleanup. Ryan Zimmerman also back in the lineup. He was dealing with, a, I think, a heel injury a couple days ago was out. But he's back at first base hitting fifth tonight. Jan Gomes is the catcher hitting sixth. Finally, the Nationals made the right choice. They pushed Brian Dozier down the order. He started to pick it up a little bit lately, but shouldn't have been hitting second with the way he was playing. So he's at second base hitting seventh. Max Scherzer is on the mound hitting eighth. And Carter Keboom at shortstop. Uh, he'll be one of the hot waiver wire pickups uh, over the weekend. That's for sure, especially if he does anything here over the weekend. Should get plenty of opportunity to play. There's definitely concern about his defense, but if he hits uh, when Trey Turner returns and Dozier continues to struggle, Maybe they move Kiboom to second base. Remember, Dozier's only on a one-year contract, so something to pay attention to. The Marlins are in Philadelphia to take on the Phillies. Jose Urena against Gerard, uh, Jared Eikhoff, certainly one of the top streaming options. Got a question about him on the message board today. Look, the Marlins don't hit, so we keep attacking the Marlins until we see otherwise. Curtis Granderson leading off on the left. Martin Prado's at first base. Brian Anderson's in right field batting third. Starling Castro, the second baseman, hitting cleanup. He had the two-run homer in extra innings yesterday to lift the Marlins to a victory. Jorge Alfaro is the catcher hitting fifth. Miguel Rojas at shortstop hitting sixth. John Birdie at third base hitting seventh. Luis Brinson in center field batting eighth. And Jose Urena on the mound batting ninth. For the Phillies, Andrew McCutcheon, he's in center field tonight leading off. So they move him back to center. He's been playing left field, but they move him to center field tonight. JT Real Muto, he's the catcher hitting second. Bryce Harper in right field hitting third. Reese Hoskins at first base hitting cleanup. Nick Williams gets in the lineup tonight. He'll play left field. Mikel Franco at third base hitting sixth. Cesar Hernandez at second base hitting seventh. And Sean Rodriguez at shortstop hitting eighth. And Eikhoff on the mound hitting ninth. So this might be an opportunity for Nick Williams. Maybe they get him in there a little bit more and have McCutcheon play center field. The A's are in Toronto to take on the Blue Jays. All eyes going to be on this game, especially early on. Mike Fires on the mound for the A's. Marcus Stroman for the Blue Jays. For the A's, Marcus Simeon leading off at shortstop. Another example of the batting order. Where was Simeon earlier in the year? So I'm in seventh towards the bottom. Uh, he's off to a good start. He's hitting near the top of the order. So he leads off at short. Matt Chapman off to a great start. He's at third base hitting second. Steven Piscotty's in right field batting third. Chris Davis to DH hitting cleanup. Kendrys Morales at first base hitting fifth. Chad Pinder in left field, hitting sixth. Jerickson Profar at second base, hitting seventh. Ramon Laureano in center field, hitting eighth. And Josh Fegley behind the plate, hitting ninth. For the Blue Jays, Eric Sogard leading off at shortstop. 
Justin Smoke, off to a really good start this year. I thought he was a nice value in fantasy this year. Not a target of mine, but if it fell to the right spot, I was taking him at the corner infield spot. I uh, got him in one league in my home league, and that's an OBP league. He's uh, done a nice job so far. Randall Grichuk in center field hitting third. Rowdy Telez, the DH, hitting fourth. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. at third base hitting fifth. I don't know why they're hitting him fifth. Just put him third. Why waste his time? But hopefully we get to see him in the first inning. Hopefully a couple runners can get on. Otherwise, we'll have to delay the excitement. Billy McKinney in right field hitting sixth. Teoscar Hernandez in left field hitting seventh. Brandon Drury is at second base hitting eighth. And Danny Jansen behind the plate hitting ninth. The Rays in Boston. It'll be Charlie Morton against Josh A. Smith for the Red Sox for Tampa Bay. Leading off Brandon Lau at second base. Tommy Pham in left field hitting second. G-Man Choi, the DH hitting third. Yandy Diaz at first base hitting cleanup. Avisail Garcia in right field hitting fifth. Kevin Kiermeyer in center field hitting sixth. Mike Zunino is the catcher batting seventh. Daniel Robertson at third base hitting eighth. And Willie Adamas is at short hitting ninth. For the Red Sox, Andrew Benintendi in left field leading off. Mookie Betts in right field hitting second. He started to pick it up. Mitch Moreland's at first base hitting third. J.D. Martinez, the D.H. hitting cleanup. Xander Bogarts at shortstop hitting fifth. Raphael Devers at third base hitting sixth. Michael Chavis at second base hitting seventh. Jackie Bradley Jr. in center field hitting eighth. And Christian Vasquez is the catcher batting ninth. The Brewers in New York to take on the Mets. Chase Anderson against Jacob DeGrom. So he comes off the injured list and he will start tonight. That's another game I think people are going to watch closely. Want to make sure that Jacob DeGrom is indeed healthy. As he had the elbow soreness, the MRI came back clean. He was playing catch two days after it. Now, he did have this scare last year, and he was fine. So uh, we'll definitely be keeping an eye on DeGrom tonight to make sure he's healthy and the velocity is good. And uh, he's been off to a you know two shaky starts. Uh, he's got a 3.680 area, 1.27 whip, but 37, 36 strikeouts, 7 walks, and 22 innings. So... If you have him, get him back in your lineup. Uh, I have in my league. Even in my weekly league, I put him in there on Monday. Figured, okay, he's going to make the start. For the Brewers, Lorenzo Cain leading off in center field. Christian Yelich in right field batting second. He has not hit on the road at all. No home runs on the road. Yasmani Grandal is the catcher hitting third. Mike Moustakas, he's back in the lineup. He's at second base hitting cleanup. Missed the games earlier in the week. Had the fractured fingertip. They're saying he's going to play through it. Let's hope he can Ryan Braun in left field hitting fifth. Travis Shaw at third base hitting sixth. He is in my stock watch. So to find out my thoughts on him and what to do, check out ScoutFantasySports.com. Eric Thames in the lineup against the right-hander at first base. So another game miss for Jesus Aguiar. This could be turning into a platoon where Aguiar plays against left-handers. Orlando Arcia is the shortstop hitting eighth. And Chase Anderson on the mound batting ninth. For the Mets, Jeff McNeil in left field leading off. Pete Alonso at first base, batting second. Robinson Cano's at second base, hitting third. Michael Conforto in right field, hitting cleanup. Wilson Ramos is the catcher, hitting fifth. Brandon Nimmo in center field, batting sixth. Todd Frazier at third base, hitting seventh. Ahmed Rosario is at shortstop, hitting eighth. And Jacob DeGrom on the mound, hitting ninth. So Todd Frazier has been uh, the everyday third baseman since he came back. We have not seen J.D. Davis in the lineup, and it might be difficult for him to get in. Jeff McNeil's got a hot bat. Uh, they're using him in left field. So uh, J.D. Davis taking a hit here with the return of Todd Frazier. The Rockies in Atlanta. It'll be Antonio Sensatella against Max Freed. For the Rockies, Charlie Blackman leading off in right. Trevor Story is the uh, shortstop batting second. Nolan Arenado's at third base 
hitting third. Daniel Murphy is at first base hitting cleanup. David Dahl in left field hitting fifth. Ian Desmond in center field hitting sixth. Ryan McMahon is the second baseman hitting seventh. Drew Butera is the catcher hitting eighth. And Sensatella on the mound hitting ninth. So Ramel Tapia not in the lineup. He's been red hot. Uh, could take some time away from Ian Desmond if he continues to slump. For the Braves, Ozzie Albies leading off at second base. Josh Donaldson's at third, hitting second. Freddie Freeman is at first base, hitting third. Ronald Acuna in left field, hitting cleanup. Nick Markakis in right field, hitting fifth. Johan Carmagro at shortstop, hitting sixth. Tyler Flowers is the catcher, hitting seventh. Ender Inciarte in center field, hitting eighth. And Max Fried on the mound, hitting ninth. The Orioles in Minnesota to take on the Twins. Alex Cobb against Martin Perez. Leading off for the Orioles, Jonathan Villar at second. Trey Mancini's at first base. Reynano Nuñez is the DH. If he's available in your league, pick him up. He's a guy that I like going into the year. I drafted him in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. He's been in my lineup. He's uh, hit for some good power, and uh, he's going to play every day. So he's a good pickup in a deeper format. So if you got some issues at uh, third base. Dwight Smith, he's off to a good start, too. He's in left field hitting cleanup. Joey Rickard in center field hitting fifth. Hanser Alberto at third base hitting sixth. Jesus Sucre behind the plate hitting eighth. Wilkerson in right field hitting eighth. And Richie Martin at shortstop batting ninth. So uh, top four of the lineup is fine. And then it's a big drop off. For the Twins, Max Kepler leading off in right field. The red hot Jorge Polanco's at shortstop hitting second. Nelson Cruz, the DH hitting third. Eddie Rosario in left field hitting cleanup. CJ Crone at first base hitting fifth. Marvin Gonzalez, who's been terrible. He's at third base hitting six. Also wrote about him in the stock watch. You could check that out. Mitch Garver is the catcher hitting seventh. Jonathan Scope at second base hitting eighth. And Byron Buxton in center field hitting ninth. Tigers in Chicago to take on the White Sox. Daniel Norris against Carlos Rodon. For the Tigers, Heimer Candelario leading off at third base. Nicholas Castellanos in right field hitting second. Miguel Cabrera, the DH hitting third. Peterson in left field hitting cleanup. Rodriguez at short hitting fifth. John Hicks at first base hitting sixth. Josh Harrison at second base hitting seventh. Grayson Griner behind the plate hitting eighth. And Jacoby Jones in center field hitting ninth for the Tigers. For the White Sox, Lurie Garcia leads off in center field. Tim Anderson at short hitting second. Jose Abreu at first base hitting third. James McCann is the catcher hitting cleanup. Yoel Moncada at third base hitting fifth. Eloy Jimenez back from the bereavement list. He's in left field hitting sixth. Yonder Alonso, the DH hitting seventh. Jose Rondon is at second base hitting eighth. And uh, Ryan Cordell is the right fielder hitting ninth. The Indians in Houston, Corey Kluber against Colin McHugh for the Indians. Leading off is Francisco Lindor at shortstop. Leonis Martins in center field hitting second. Jose Ramirez, the third baseman hitting third. Carlos Santana's at first base hitting cleanup. Carlos Gonzalez, the DH hitting fifth. Jason Kittness at second base hitting sixth. Jake Bowers in left field hitting seventh. Roberto Perez is the catcher hitting eighth, and Tyler Naquin in right field hitting ninth. Finally, they moved them down in the order. The Angels and Royals, two guys coming off the injury list to start. Tyler Skaggs for the Angels, Danny Duffy for the Royals. Leading off for the Royals, Whit Merrifield at second base. Alberto Mondesi at shortstop hitting second. Alex Gordon in left field hitting third. Hunter Dozier back in the lineup. He had the back spasms that kept him out a couple of days. He will DH and hit cleanup. Jorge Soler's in right field hitting fifth. Ryan O'Hearn at first base hitting sixth. Chris Owings at third base hitting seventh. Martin Maldonado, the catcher, hitting eighth. And Billy Hamilton in center field hitting ninth. Reds in St. Louis. Anthony DiSclefani against Miles Michaelis. For the Reds, Joey Votto leading off at first base. Eugenio Suarez at third base hitting second. Jesse Winker in left field third. Yasiel Puig in right hitting cleanup. Scott Shevlers in center hitting fifth. Jose Iglesias at short. Kirk Caselli, a catcher, hitting seventh. 
Di Sclafani on the mound hitting eighth, and Jose Peraza back in the lineup at second base, batting ninth. For the Cardinals, Matt Carpenter at third base leading off, Paul Goldschmidt at first base hitting second, Paul DeYoung at short hitting third, Marcelo Zuna in left field hitting fourth. Jose Martinez stays in the lineup, even with Harrison Bader back. Martinez in right field hitting fifth. Yadier Bellina is a catcher hitting sixth. Dexter Fowler in center field hitting seventh. Colton Wong at second base hitting eighth. And Michaelis on the mound hitting ninth. Kyle Hendricks against Robbie Ray as the Cubs are in Arizona for the Diamondbacks. Cattell Marte in center field. Vargas is the third baseman hitting second. David Peralta at left field hitting third. Adam Jones in right field hitting cleanup. Christian Walker's at first base hitting fifth. Wilmer Flores at second hitting sixth. Nick Gomez at shortstop hitting seventh. Carson Kelly behind the plate hitting ninth. And Robbie Ray on the mound. Texas and Seattle, Shelby Miller against Yusei Kikuchi, but remember Justice Sheffield will replace him. Pirates in L.A., Chris Archer against Hinjin Ryu. And the Yankees in San Francisco, James Paxton against Madison Bumgarner should be one of the better pitching matchups of the night. That wraps it up here. You can check out ScoutFantasySports.com for all your NFL draft coverage. I'll be back Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern with Dr. Roto as we'll recap the rest of the NFL draft from rounds 2 to 7 and what it means for your fantasy teams. Check out ScoutFantasySports.com. Have a great weekend.